0: God is good, praise the Lord. Amen. See that most of us made it through Thanksgiving, amen? So we uh, we only have another month, uh, a little over another month, and, and we'll have another one to deal with and contend with. But uh, we'll make it through, hallelujah. I believe that, uh, you know, it, 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 it definitely, um, you know, holidays are always an interesting time. Praise the Lord, I'm sure you know. There's. You know, and if you don't just, you know, get on social media, you'll see memes or somebody surely will be complaining about what somebody did somewhere. Amen. But uh, glory to God. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the... The local church, you know, my wife and I were talking about it, um, about Christmas, you know, Christmas services, and there, there's some churches that don't have uh, church on Christmas and shame on them, because they just don't know Jesus. Uh, that's just a joke, <laughs> praise the Lord, but, uh, you know, there's some churches that won't have church on Christmas, and I just don't, I don't know, I, I mean, I, I have to be careful, because maybe next year, or the next time it comes around, I'll be like, yeah, we're not going to have church this day, you know, and I don't want you to th- think bad of me, but it just seems good to me that, you know, the one, the one holiday that celebrates the idea that Jesus was here. I mean, you know, we have Easter, which obviously is really more important to us than Christmas is. Uh, But you couldn't have Easter without Christmas or the idea of Christmas, although Jesus probably was not born on In fact, we know that Jesus, let's just say it, we know Jesus was not born on December 25th that's not what it's about and I could go into all the, the details about that but I'm not going to but we celebrate him and and, and that's what matters amen we celebrate what he, uh, that he was here and what he was going to do peace on earth and goodwill to men and all that wonderful all, all, uh, wonderful stuff amen so we need that idea so we might as well like you know we might as well if, if we're going to have any tradition it should be church amen <laughs> praise the Lord because that's I mean that's why we we have Christmas in the first place, so uh, I'm thankful for it. I hope you are, too, and if you're not, well, no, because you didn't show up. Amen. <laughs> of course, that's just a joke, too. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. There's no condemnation, as Reverend Rich, I think, was the one that said, there's no condo bondo here, so, so if, it, you know, you, you do what you will, just shame you uh, in the joking manner, and then everything will be good. My conscience will be clear, yours will be clear, and praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Well, Amen. We got a message today, a message that came via uh, late this morning. Amen. I had another message uh, uh, ready for you and uh, even worked on it throughout the night, but uh, about quarter to nine this morning, my message changed, and so your message changed. Amen. And and I don't know all the reasons for that. I guess we'll see by the time we get through the end why the message changed. But uh, pr- praise the Lord. But I, I do believe it was the Lord in, in the direction of God. You know, sometimes... And I'll share this with you. Sometimes, uh, you know, when you're doing something for the Lord, and of course, in, in uh, a lot of the things I do for the Lord, uh, or at least in a, a, you know, a big part of what I do for the Lord is minister for him, uh, minister to his people. Amen. And in minister, I seek the Lord and what messages to preach, you know, that, that I don't just, you know, randomly go to a hat or go to, you know, sermons.com and pull out something that sounds really, really good. And in fact, I, I do my best. I, like, I, I've never even gone to a website. You can go get whole sermons online and stuff like that. And I've, I've never even looked at them because I just don't want to. Um, I, Uh, And, and, you know, this is just, I'm not saying if somebody does that, you know, that's between them and God, I'm not going to judge that, but you know, I endeavor to seek the Lord for a message, but in the process of, of preparing a message, there's a lot of different things. And number one is hearing from the Lord. You know, and, and, and sometimes that is hindered or or propelled by different different kinds of things. And and so you know, uh, I, when I find that there's a, a place that I get to when I'm doing something for the Lord, and this will help you as well. But when I'm doing something for the Lord, as I'm walking that process out, is I'm trying to figure out what it is He wants wants me to do if I get to a place where you know something ends are just not tying up you know what I mean I'm just not getting to the place where I can really just put it all together then I know that there's got to be something more or something I'm missing and so I I tend to back away from it and and not try to force it Amen? amen and you know this would help us so much in our life because if we would understand that 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 if we have to force it it probably isn't God if we have to push our way through the door, then it probably isn't God, Amen. And I just love the things with God; they come easily. And that that doesn't mean that when when I say they come easily, it doesn't mean that that you know the process of getting there isn't is always easy. But when they come, they come easily. You know, the Bible says that He, uh, the blessing. Uh, uh, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, but he adds no sorrow to it. Amen? And so he's not, uh, he, he's, he's not making it hard for us to get into the things that he has. But there is opposition to things, and, and we have to understand that. And so today's, uh, today's message is called The Process of Knowing Him. Now, at one point, I am going to go to some scriptures that I was in last night, and this wasn't a plan uh, uh, of mine, uh, but there was something I stepped into last night that I realized, oh, this is something that's pretty good, and then the Lord brought that back to me this morning, and, and and that worked its way in, and so we are going to see that, but we're going to talk about the process of knowing him. Uh, you know, we talk about Jeremiah 29, 11 around here a lot. You know, we, we quote the scripture. Of course, we do every week, and we have it on the back wall in case you forget it, and uh, somebody else can probably quote it to you if you forget it even still, and, you know or point at least to that direction amen and so you, you know we we talk about God's plans a lot but uh, how many of you that have been born again how many of you that have been saved how many of you uh, that, that, that have uh, you know come to this place where you realize that God has a plan for you how many of you uh, uh, just uh, immediately knew what that was all about right like, I, I remember I was talking with this precious young woman about, uh, uh, about the plan of God, and I was telling her about how God has a plan for her life, and she's like, well, I sure wish he would just reveal it to me, <laughs> you know. And, 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 that's, and, and I see that frustration, and I know that frustration, because I've gotten to that place. What does God want from us, you know? And this idea of hearing from God, you know, we, we talk about hearing from God, you know. and, and I want to be clear that when I talk about hearing from God, You know, I'm not saying that, you know, all of a sudden, poof, Jesus appears in my room every night or every morning or every day or whatever. And he just sits down and starts having a conversation with me. But there is a way that God speaks, and of course the Bible tells us about that. uh, uh, One of the number one ways is he speaks through uh, the inward witness, you know. Um, But, uh, you you know, there's a process of learning all of this. There's a process of learning how God will speak to you. And all that I can say is, when you know that you know, you know, and no one can tell you otherwise. And when you don't know that you don't that you don't know that you know, it's a little bit harder to figure that out. And today's message is really about really about this. It's the process of knowing Him, because God wants us. and how God brought this all about is with the Scripture. The entire message is built off the Scripture that we're going to begin with today. And so you, you know we, we have to understand that there is processes to doing things. You know, I remember when I was I, I remember when I was uh, fourteen years old. I couldn't wait to drive. Now, it probably happened even earlier than that, but I just couldn't wait to drive. I was like, man, I, w- I want to drive because then I'll have freedom, you know. But there was still a process of time that I had to go through, and then I had to prove myself. Even that, after I, I went through that, I had to, you know, take the test and stuff like that, and then, uh, you, you know, and then there was getting a car, and so that was a process, and all the things you have to do to get a car and to maintain a car, and that's a process, you know, and, and I remember when I got a car, when I finally got a car and was able to drive, I went, my mind was away from the, the, the desire to drive because now I could. But now my mind was always on getting a better car. Yeah. You know, and so my, then it shifted. It, like I never even remember the shift. All of a sudden it was there. Now I wanted a better car. And so then everything was about getting a better car. So I'm driving around having the freedom that I wanted in a beat-up car wishing I had a better car to drive around in the freedom that I was seeking before, Amen. because somehow a better car was going to make that better. Now, in my case, it may have, because my first car uh, my first car was interesting. Uh, my first car was a hand-me-down car, and I'm thankful for it. I would love to have that car again, in fact. It was a 1979 Ford Fairmount four-door uh, green uh, with a spray-painted uh, green rack on the top of it. <laughs> And that was because that was what my stepdad drove, and that's what he had, and he and he, and he, uh, he, uh, he donated it to the cause, amen? And so I had that, and I I decided to take that uh, for a ride over, there's a, a road out past Faulkner called Quaint Road, and there's some railroad tracks, and I, I knew that there was a little bit of hill leading up and leading after that, so I knew that if you would go over those tracks just so fast, now my family, my parents never went over those tracks fast, but I knew that when I was able to drive, I was going to find those tracks again, because, because I knew that you could, and I'll never forget. I had my I, my, my high school girlfriend, and I had her uh, brother in the car at the time, and we were driving towards those tracks. We had just gone to Big Big Don's, right? You remember Big Don? We just went to Big Don's and got ice cream, and and we were driving. And I was heading to Quaint Road, and I was going to to heading towards those tracks, and I was like, "Watch this!" And so I put my my foot to the floor as fast as that '79 Ford Fairmount could go, and and it would go fast enough. I mean, it didn't go very fast, but it would go fast enough when it came to the railroad tracks and I'll never forget this moment I had this moment we were going over those tracks and, choo, you know I felt like we we're 20 feet off the ground just being launched into the air and I, I, I look over you know and it's like all slow motion you know I look over and 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 and, and there's uh, Katie's ice cream is is levitating <laughs> off of the cone and and I'm I, you know I'm just like yeah you know like this is awesome and boom, and it lands in her hand and she caught it and, uh, that was a, that was a, a, a great moment but that was the end of the Ford Fairmount uh, so for some reason that, that car didn't run too well after that. Did not? Um, and so then I moved on to other cars. And I, and I don't know if they knew why it didn't work after that very well, but they probably figured it was my fault. And so I never got into the the Mercedes or the BMW that I deserved at the time. I was going to uh i progressed through other cars i had a car i I had an 80 at one point i had an eight i think it was an 85 mercury topaz and this car had what we called the me and my friends dubbed as the the topaz shake (laughs) praise the lord the topaz shake when you'd hit 30 miles an hour that thing would just start lurching back and forth i don't know why i did did it for about one mile uh you know 30 to 31 miles. i don't know why i'm telling you all this it's probably just a The process, yeah, it's a process, amen? (laughs) Because I certainly have enough scriptures, but we'll get there, amen? (laughs) <laughs> glory to God, because you're egging me on, so so we had that, and then, but the, the reason I got into all this is because I wanted to get to the 82 Chevette. The 82 Chevette was a really nice car, I sold that car uh, when I got done with that car I sold it for $35 with vomit in the back seat, uh, but I did sell it, and, and and made 30, well I don't know if I made any money on it, but $35, but that car was really interesting, because that car would uh, uh, you know, as I'd go around the corner I would sometimes almost lose a passenger, because the door would fly open, and, and I had no, you, know, you know I had no heat so in the winter time I had blankets and the one in the front and one in the back front passengers had one blanket one in the back uh, the ones in the back had one, and then uh, you know the windows rolled all up, but all but that much. And so I'd come out from school. Thank God I didn't have fabric seats. I had the, the we called it pleather at the time, but it wasn't even pleather. I don't think it was just plastic. And uh, you know it'd all be covered with snow, and we'd have to wipe off the seat. That's the that's a good car that we had back. I had back then. Amen. But you know I always wanted more, and I always had my mind uh, distracted by the wrong things. But there's a process. Today I don't drive either of those, and and, and would not put any of my children. In fact, one time my brother had taken uh my my stepdad had taken that that, that chevette uh given it to my brother to take down. he worked at a garage uh you know changing tires and doing stuff like that and he took it down there to put uh i think like fake chains on it or whatever it was they were putting on it and uh, uh my brother's boss walked in and he said whose car is this and he and he said it's it's my brother's And he's like do your parents hate him <laughs> <laughs> of course you know we did things a little bit differently back then and and honestly, I have a lot of fond memories in some of those cars. I wish I would have realized that then. But, you know, when you're in the process, you don't always think about it as being a fond memory. But, you know, as I processed through this, this, you know, when I came in, you know, I didn't know anything about the Lord when I come into church. And then I, But I found a church, you know, and I've been to many churches. But then I found a church that started teaching me the Word. And the Word helped me start learning about God. And I was so thankful when it did. And I don't even remember. As I look back, I don't remember the day. I don't remember the time where I finally realized, realize that what I recognized was God speaking to me and God God doing things in me but I, 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 what I do recognize is there was a process that got me there and faithfulness will always get there, get us there but one of the things we need to understand is that there's a reason for the process there's a reason that I didn't get the Mercedes right off right off the bat amen there's a reason I still don't have one by the way but uh uh you know and I, I don't necessarily even want one I mean wouldn't wouldn't refuse one if it was given to me amen so mom my mom wants one, so praise the Lord, you should get one. Amen. Convertible, nice convertible. And then I don't have to buy one, I'll just borrow yours. Yeah, <laughs> Amen. Because she'll let me borrow her vehicle now. She's really, really... Oh, if right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, go get ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Amen. But there's a process in knowing him, Amen. Glory to God. So let's turn over to Matthew 7 and we're we're going to see where uh we're going to see what where this process begins and why. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Matthew 7. Oh, the adventures I had. The adventures and by the way, those weren't the only railroad tracks I ever went over cuz then I got a motorcycle, you know, and I had to, there's a reason if my boys ever wonder why I said you're not allowed to have a motorcycle while you're in my house. And I have a motorcycle, but if they ever wonder why I said that, there's a reason for that. Amen. Because you got to get the stupid worked out of you before you before you get on one of those. Amen. Yeah. Uh, amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm not calling my kids stupid. I'm just saying the Bible says that. <laughs> Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. When we let chil- children run things the way everybody would like it to happen, uh, yeah. The, then, <laughs> well, praise the Lord. That's an... <clears throat> Man, yeah. Anyway, thanks, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, Doug's like, "Let's get to this message." I'm, I'm, not, I'm tired of waiting around. Amen. Praise <laughs> praise God. Matthew seven. Let's find verse six if you can find that. Amen. Matthew seven, verse six. It says, "Do not give what is holy to the dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample or, or they will trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces." This is pretty strong wording, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you a little good Christian advice. You want some good Christian advice? Yeah. Don't ever tell somebody you ain't going to tell them something because you ain't going to cast your pearls to swine. Yeah. Right. Because people don't like to hear that. I'm, I'm not going to give what's holy to the dog, so I'm not going to tell you all about this. You know, don't, go, don't ever approach somebody with it. You approach somebody that way, and you're probably not going to get a lot of favor with them. Amen? You've got to ease in before you, before, you, before you attack them and call them names. Amen? well that was a joke praise God hallelujah you know we're not going to do that as Christians but 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 Jesus is bringing up a good point and this is why there's a process because what the Lord has for us, what the Lord has for every human, for every man, woman, and child, is holy. It's precious. God's plan is a precious thing. When we, if we would understand that God's plan, how precious it is, and how holy and wonderful it is, that, that, because God's plan didn't didn't just come. God's plan didn't just happen. But God provo- a provided a plan. He a, pr- a plan, and then he provided a means for the plan. He provided a means for us to access His plan, and so. Everything about God's plan is a precious, precious thing. Amen. Amen? And God wants us. He intends that we will all find his plan, that we would all walk in his plan. He has made a way for each one of us to do it, but that road to, to, to go there is a process. There's a process to getting into what God has for us. How many know that whatever you're doing today is not, if you follow God's plan, is not what you'll be doing a year from now? And it might not be what you're doing five years from now and ten years from now, but God's plan is a process. And even today as a pastor, as I preach this message to you, as I stand here in this pulpit, I have developed over the years, and I will develop further. There's things that God is showing me all the time that that hone my understanding of who he is. That's why people that come in and give God a try, a good shot, they never find out anything about God. Why? Because God's not going to give the good stuff to the dogs. Yeah. What are the dogs? What is Jesus talking about here? Is he calling people dogs? He's saying what, what he's saying to people that aren't going to care, yeah. that don't matter. You know, with, with, with a dog, you can, give, you can give the dog a steak, yeah. and it'll treat it the same as it will uh, stuff that it finds out in the yard. Yeah. I used uh, the better version, but yeah. praise the Lord. Dogs don't care. They don't distinguish between the two. You know, uh, uh, the Bible tells us that, uh, uh, you know, uh, about pigs and will return to their own vomit. Amen? Or dog will return to its own vomit. Pigs to wallowing in the mire, a washed pig, will return to getting dirty. You know, uh, I I think about this all the time. We have that little Cassie dog, right? Cassie's a pretty little dog. But I'm telling you, she's still got dog in her. She goes out in the yard. She does the dumb things dog do. What is that? Well, this, this summer where I was out there walking around with Cassie and she finds something, she's over there rolling in it. She's a pretty dog. I'm like, you're a pretty dog. Don't be rolling in stuff, you know, but that doesn't matter to her. She's a dog. And so the same thing is with us. If we, if we have to understand that the Bible calls us to be transformed, God is not okay with us being the way that we were. Because the way that we were was lost. The way we were was broken. The way we were was not what he created us to be. See, it's, it's not that God hates people because they're not perfect. It's because God has a better place for people to be. And that's why he requires transformation in the life of a believer. That's why he wants us to grow in the things of God because the things that he calls us away from in the world, it isn't because he doesn't want us to know joy. He wants us to know joy inexpressible. He wants us to understand joy more than anybody can understand joy. But God wants us to experience it and understand it in a perfect and pure way. He wants us to know Him and know His presence. He wants, to know, uh, wants us to know uh, His place in our life. He wants us to commune with Him and He wants us to know what that's like. And He has that desire for everybody. And, of course, we know that the first place it comes from, that we find it, the first place we're going to find it is through hunger. You know, I preach on that all the time, that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, those are the ones that will be filled. And, of course, Jesus himself said that. We understand that according to Scripture. But we have to desire God. We have to desire the things of God, and that's the first step. But once we get that, we have to be willing to grow. We have to be willing to learn. Amen? God doesn't give what is holy to the dogs. There's a process, and that process is through humbling. It's through humility, amen? Amen. Uh, The humbling process is the way to God. But the humbling process, the interesting thing about the requirement of the humbling process is that it has to be willing. What do I mean by humbling? It means that, you know, to humble literally means to to keep yourself from getting too far off the ground. Too exalted. You know this world is all about self-exaltation, isn't it? You know, we have things like, you know, I don't even know if it's watched anymore, but we used to tune in once in a while. I used to only watch the, the ones where the really terrible people were on it, because I used to get a kick out of that, but the American Idol, you know. But the whole concept of that, if you think about the, the, the terminology, American Idol, and, and if people really understood what idol idolization really is all about, you would understand why you don't want anything to do with it, and you'd want to stay away from it. And I'm not saying, you know, I, I mean, I would watch watch the show, uh, so I'm not saying that, you know, if you watch to show you're evil or anything like that but the concept behind it why people go after certain things everybody wants to be famous and why do people want to be famous because if you can be famous then you're something it's self-exaltation that's all that it is because what does it matter if you truly think about it what does it matter what does it matter if you can sing good and everybody else can hear you what does it truly matter unless it's meant to bless people or bless god or you know to do something else what does it matter and the truth is, that those kinds of things. I know this as an artist, as somebody who can draw, you know, can draw and build things and do different things. You know, my first desire is to show them off after you've done them, right? And that's 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 a kind of a common thing. And 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 sometimes that there's there's reason and there's purpose behind it. Praise the Lord, and sometimes it's just self-motivated. And we all know that. Amen? We all understand that. So I'm not just saying that, you know, everybody is bad and everybody is wrong. But we have to understand that God wants us to know things on a greater level. He wants us to, to realize things on a bigger level. And really, that's through humbling. See, whenever we exalt the flesh, what we do is we 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 disenable the ability to be able to hear from God. To be in his presence. Because God will have no flesh exalted in his presence presence amen glory to God and so Jesus says do not give what is holy to the dogs in other words he's saying if somebody isn't going to receive it don't sit there and keep trying don't keep don't keep uh, trying to give that's why people you know we talk about this all the time but people that don't listen that won't do what the the word says what am I gonna do I'm not gonna chase them down and make them follow the word I'm not gonna make you listen to me because God wouldn't make you listen to him amen but each, for each one of us, it's a choice of what we do with what God gives us. What are we doing with, with what we are? And a lot of people think that they're fine because, you know, well, uh, you know, I, I haven't been faithful, but I'm still blessed. You're just deceiving yourself. There's a day of reckoning coming, and we, we want to know God. There's a, there's a beautiful thing, a beautiful, wonderful thing. You know what? One of the greatest things about knowing God is that whenever there's something that goes wrong in my life, I always get an answer. Yeah. I always get an answer no matter how lost i was you know and this is the difference if you knew me in my old life i was lost i was i was so far gone i didn't know which end was up i would try things and most everything i would try would fail i was depressed all the time i just if it, the, the i was the epitome of lost but i was also a dog because i i i didn't grab onto the things i didn't hunger after the things It took me pain and suffering to get to that place. And and sometimes God has to allow that in our lives to get us to a place where we recognize, hey, we do need God. See, if we're living this life without God, if we're living, praise the Lord, it's not a blessing that we're living. We may be deceived and think it is, but it's not a blessing. Praise the Lord. And, And only if you've come to the other side of that can you truly understand that. Amen. But there's a humbling process that's needed. And God gives us the direction for this in Scripture. Turn, turn with me to First Peter, and this is where I was last night. Praise the Lord. Now, what's awesome about this is is in the preparation for even this message, which part of it, if you can guess where it was, can anyone guess where it was? The in the shower. Yeah. I don't know how you know that, but uh, praise the Lord. But I was in the shower, and I was just as I was in the shower, I was. Um, you know, just uh, seeking the Lord, and, 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 and he was sharing some things. We'll get into it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Not the shower, my, what God was showing me in the shower. Amen. Amen. First Peter 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. Amen. Amen. You know, I can tell you the greatest, the greatest thing in life that I've ever come across... Is the ability to commune with my heavenly Father. There's nothing like it. I, I, I'm telling you, there is nothing like it. It, it. it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, I was telling my wife even last night. The more and the closer I get to God, the less I want to be here. It's the truth. The less I now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm looking for an easy way out or a quick path out. You know, but I just realize how much better it's going to be with Him. You know, heaven isn't this place where we just float around like, like you know, with wings and, you know, with the angels and, and are on clouds and stuff like that. There's, there's every, you know, the things that are here, you know, the, the example, the earthly example is, is really a, it, it's a foretaste of the things to come. So if you think about the blessings that are here, heaven is much greater than that. Only that lasts forever, with no pain and suffering, with no devil, with no opposition. We will we, we'll be able to be in God's presence. I, I believe that. In I, I believe this personally. That uh, you know, and, and, and if you don't, that's fine. Um, but I believe when I'm in heaven, that I, I I'll 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 be able to, to be just as creative as I was here, but only without any earthly hindrances there. And anybody who's creative understands exactly what I'm talking about, where you tried to do something, produce something, and you could visualize it, but it just wasn't coming out the way that you saw it. And and, and you know, but there I won't have those hindrances. There I'll be able to do so and all for the glory of God. And it's it's a, that doesn't mean I'll always just be, you know, drawing or painting pictures of angels or, or whatever, you know. I, I believe we'll be building. I believe there's a lot, there's a lot of things that we'll be doing, amen. But that's free, no charge. It's just a little uh, a little frosting for the cake, if you will, amen. But it says here, and we have to consider these scriptures, why they're written to us. Amen. First Peter five one, it says, therefore I exhort the elders among you, as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory of uh, 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 also of the glory that is to be revealed. Now that's an interesting statement, and that's important for us to understand that that there is glory that is yet to be revealed to us. That whatever God, whatever good we've seen, God has more. Yeah. That's stirring to me. I can't not be stirred by that. Yeah. I'm the curious guy that says, if somebody says uh, there's something neat over there, you don't even have to tell me what it is. You don't even have to tell me what it pertains to. I'm on my way. Yeah. Amen? If there's something neat to be seen, I want to see it. Yeah. Why? Because I'm curious. Yeah. I like that. And when I see in the Word of God, when I see that there's glory yet to be revealed, whoo, Hallelujah. If, if, if the glory that's been revealed is so wonderful, and we get, we get tastes of the glory that's been revealed, but if there's glory yet to be revealed, it means it's something more than what has been seen already. I don't know about you, but that, again, that stirs me, that excites me. I want to say it again just because it excites me so much, amen? And I just might come out of my suit here in a minute if I, if, if, if I, if I don't be careful, amen? God, God like the things, that I has not seen, the Bible says. no ear heard the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But the Bible tells us he's revealed it to us, and he will reveal it to us, amen? But God's prepared things that we can't understand. He's prepared things for your day. This, This is why we have to be real careful about getting critical and upset about everything. Because your day might be going good or be going bad, but you don't know what glory God has to be revealed to you yet. You know, there's other things that God has for you. He just wait, you know Christmas is coming. Anybody, anybody know that Christmas is coming? Is there anybody in here that celebrates Christmas? Yes. Right? Praise the Lord. You know the reason I like presents? I'll tell you why I like presents. Because somebody has taken time to think about you, and they've, they, they've purposed in their heart to put something aside and to, to, to bring you something that's, that's special to you, that's worth waiting for. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome thing to me. Amen. Now, like my wife, though, you know, I, I uh, when people ask me what I want for Christmas, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I can't say I really know. I have to consult the list that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, and, and of course, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a joke. But I'll just be honest. With you. I always love Christmas, and I always love presents. I just always did. I was always excited about it, and I don't apologize for that now, as I'm older, amen? I, I don't apologize for those things, and you shouldn't either if you like to get gifts, and if you don't, well, then love to give gifts. I love to give gifts, too, don't get me wrong, but that's, that's the same way our Heavenly Father is. What's the excitement, all the excitement is that there's something good that's coming, and all, every kid knows, every kid knows, Sophia, do you know that, that Christmas is good, right? You know Christmas is good, and, and do good things happen on Christmas morning? What kind of things happen on Christmas morning, do you know? I'm putting you on the spot. Do you get things on Christmas morning? Yeah. Presents, oh yeah. <laughs> See, presents, and sorry, I'd I, I, I include you, but it's good to be included. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, but, you know, presents are, it, it, it's, this, it's because there's something, you know, special waiting. And they know it's specially for them, that it's set apart for them. And this is exactly what God has given us. God has set apart things for each one of his children. He set apart, he set, you know, one, one, one of these times I was seeking the Lord on, should I pray here or should, should I pray there? And then all of a sudden the Lord showed me the place that he's provided for me and he said, I've prepared a place for you. That's what he spoke to my heart. And that blessed me because then I realized, I was like, oh, yes, this place that God gave me, he's prepared for me to be able to access him to go there and to to say, he's like, I I prepared this and made this place nice so you can come sit down and get into my presence and find out what I will say to you. And do you know that there's times that go by? There's many nights that go by where I hear nothing from the Lord. And then there's, many ni- there's nights where I get woke up in the middle of the night and God reveals thing after thing after thing and speaks to my heart. It shows me things about Him and shows me things about my life and, and things about the churches and things that I can do better. And, and, and sometimes they're very corrective in nature. Yeah. Glory to God. But I know this, that it's always good with God. He's always leading me to that place of, of, of knowing Him. It's a process, but I must walk that process out. If we don't walk that process out, we will never get there. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Verse 2, it says, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight no no this is the thing we have to remember when we, when we were talking about that scripture in Matthew last night where Jesus said that uh, that, that he had compassion on the people cuz they they were they were like uh, uh, they were like sheep without a shepherd and 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 Jesus had great compassion on them but what was his what was his direction he's like pray that the Lord would send laborers out into the harvest field he didn't say pray that I'll stay longer he didn't say, you know, pray that, that I would manifest myself to them. He said, pray that he would send laborers. Yeah. And this is what we get right here. This is a prayer of the laborers coming to pass. Yeah. What you have today is the prayers of the laborers coming to pass. When, when people were praying for me, when, when I was lost, when I was, when I was so far out there and, and there was no way on earth that I could ever be used for anything good, when I was making every decision that I made was bad, when I was in that place somebody was praying. Somebody may not have even known me. And they were praying, and they were, Lord, Lord you, you know, send labors into your harvest field. And the Lord looked down, and he saw Mayville, and he saw Corey, and he said, this is where I'll raise up somebody to be. Praise the Lord. And God will do that. And it's not just me. This is not exalting me. This is what God wants to do with each and every one of us. And we're going to see this in a second year, that, that, that all I am is an example of what God will do. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But this is why we have elders, amen? Among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily. According to the will of God. And not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. I'm going to help you with something. If you want to know if you're in the right church, if you want to know if you're in the right place, one of the ways that you can do, know that is to go to these scriptures and say, how are they leading the church? Are they there trying to just prop up their own self? Or are they trying to accomplish something? Are they trying to follow the scripture? I'm not saying they're perfect in anything. But are they trying to do this? Well, you can know that if you're in the right place just by doing this. If you're looking at the pastor saying, Oh, they're just after my money. Well, then you're probably not in the right place. Amen? Glory to God. But with eagerness. Hallelujah. I hope that I preach with eagerness. I hope I come to church with eagerness. You should also come to church with eagerness. Amen? Praise the Lord nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge. It's not my job to be your Lord, so don't ask me to be, and I won't try to be, but proving to be examples to the flock. An example of a life that has been changed around. An example of a life that didn't know God and now does. An example of a life that didn't know which way to go and now does. An example of a life that is being blessed where it didn't know blessing before. Hallelujah. Walking things out before the sheep. Glory to God. And then leading other people and saying, here, this is how you get there. This is what our our heart has always been. This is why we do what we do. We haven't always wanted to. Many times we didn't want to. Praise the Lord. but Because it's not easier. You know, I shared this before, I sit in front of my family, we go to family functions, we just had, you know, we had Thanksgivings, and, and one of the things that I, I was reminded of just on this other holiday is that there's nobody in my family, either side, my wife's family on my other side, uh, other than my, like my mom, my aunt, praise the Lord, uh, and my, and my, my uh, how do you say it? would you be my cousin, I guess, but yeah, praise the Lord, but uh, it's just chilly, praise the Lord, love you chilly, good to see you, uh, but you know, most people, they don't, they don't care. What we do, They have no interest in what they do, what we do. In fact, they want nothing to do with it. Sometimes they even avoid us. Do you know that? We, we, we have people that once loved us that avoid us because of what we do. Yep, yep. Praise the Lord. Yep. And, 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 and I get that, but at the same time, it's like you know you, you sit there and see that. There, there's a process that God wants to take us through to bring us to a place. I have more to offer people than I ever have in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. And it's all, but see, this is the truth about the life of a believer. The life of a believer, if it's lived correctly, will bring other people into a place of condemnation. And what that means is is they will look at your life, and they'll look at their life, and they'll be like, like, if I go that way, then I have to change what I'm doing, and I don't want to change what I'm doing. I'm not saying that's the case every single time, but that is the case by and large, and that's why a lot of people don't like Christians, because they're faced with the reality of things that are opposite of what they want. Amen. Praise the Lord. But we, we push on. We push, we, 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 we push through that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Uh, <clears throat> proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Um, now it goes on to say, and this is what, what we're getting to, but I felt it was important to, to throw that all in there. Amen? Amen? You younger men, and when it says you younger men, this is not, if you study this out, it's not just talking about young men. We have lots of young men in here, praise the Lord. It's not just talking about you, although it would include you. Literally what this is talking about, and we can know this in context, you don't even have to really study it to know it in context. Look at what the context talks about, when it talks about the elders. When it's talking about the elders of the church, it's not talking about the old people of the church. Praise the Lord. You can have old people in the church that don't know much, although our old people in this church, y'all good, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, I didn't call you old. You just called you old. Uh, you know, I didn't point my finger at anybody, Aaron. You know that. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Was somebody pointing at you, Mike? Yeah, I thought, Duke. See, Duke, I was thinking the same thing when I said that. And that's, that's Praise the Lord. But I am blessed. I am so blessed by these people. Honestly, amen. Glory to God. So, I mean, not, of course, none of that is in any kind of, dis, you know, but it's not talking about just the, the elder people. It's talking about the elders of the, of the faith, the ones who are further along are mature in the faith. And so when we see this younger men, we all understand that it's not, it's also not talking about uh, just young men, but it's talking about those who are younger in the faith, newer to the faith, amen? But look what it says here, and this is so important. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. Now, when it says be subject to your elders, again, this doesn't mean that you that, that you know you get under the ruling thumb of authority. Because what are the elders for? We just saw what the elders are for—not lording it over your lives. So it doesn't mean that you come in and that you let some pastor, or some elder rule your life and tell you exactly what you got to do in your life and this is how you got to be and you got to do this and do that. You know, what I'm talking about specifically throughout life. You should work this job. You should live in this place. You should do this type of thing or whatever. You know. Um, that's not up to, my, up to me. It's not up to any elder. So when it says subject, be subject to the elders, again, if we look in context, we can understand that it isn't talking about just let that dude tell you everything you got to do. Right. right? Praise the Lord. But what it says is it says to be subject to your elders. In other words, understand that you have spiritual authority that can teach you something. Yeah. And there's a reason that you have spiritual authority that can teach you something, because like Jesus said, you needed spiritual authority that would teach you something. In fact, every direction given to elders is always about what we teach. Teach with sound doctrine, give them things that are, are good for feeding them, that will that will nourish them spiritually, that will build them up spiritually, that will make them better and closer to God. All of these things were given over and over and over and over again. When Jesus was looking around, he saw the people who were distressed and dispirited some versions say scattered and faint. And why were they scattered and faint? They were like sheep without a shepherd. They were wandering around. They didn't know where to go. They were still loved. They were still blessed. They were still able. But they were wandering around. They didn't know where to go. And spiritually, we are the same until we have got to that place where we have submitted ourselves under rightful authority spiritual authority, we're going to be lost. We're going to be hopping around. We're going to be doing one thing to the next. I remember when I did that. I was a church hopper. I was a king church hopper. What do I mean? I mean, I woke up every Sunday morning. When I started going back to church, I woke up every Sunday morning, and I started, I was just like, all right, Lord, where do you want me to go today? Where do you want me to go today? And see, this is one of the problems, is that when people come to me, (laughs) praise the Lord, and start saying that they hear from God, you know how I know whether somebody's actually hearing from God or not? I don't always say it but you know how I know I look at their life I look at what's going on in their life because if you're telling me all these great and wonderful things that you're hearing from God but your life is a chaotic wreck you're not hearing from God because the first thing that God will deal with you the first thing God deals with in everything always is order he puts things in order he makes things that are chaotic he puts them back in order amen that's why Christians who refuse to live in order and embrace chaos they don't hear much from God amen Praise the Lord. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Um, so it's not my job to, 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 to make every but it is to help people understand and learn and, 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 and navigate those waters, those spiritual, those spiritual waters. Amen? Praise God. Got to get moving. Um, uh, and when chief, the chief, uh, I already read that, uh, you younger men likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. All of you, close yourselves with humility towards one another. And this is what we're getting to. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, I've read these many times in churches, and many times as I've read these scriptures in churches, I've read over them, and I'm like, oh, look it, see what it says, and then moved on. But last night, the Lord stopped me on that word opposed, because this is important to understand. That word opposed literally means, I looked it up today, didn't have the privilege of hearing that last night, but it literally means to resist or range in battle against. This is, this is what this So God is ranged in battle against those who are proud. God resists those who are proud. And those who are proud are those who will not subject themselves or submit themselves under spiritual authority. So people who, oh, I can have God my way. No, you can't because that's not how God is. God don't do things your way. God does things his way. The things I'm presenting to you, I've learned through the process of pain and suffering, trial and elimination, and not being submitted and then being submitted. We have to learn under spiritual authority for a reason because God has ordained it that way. We need these things. We need the, the, the local assembly to be able to, to learn to submit ourselves in that place. Amen. If you come to me for counseling, and I counsel you, my counseling should be in line with the word. If it's not in line with the word, then it's not good, amen? Uh, but I don't have anything else to offer people. But then again, like I said earlier, humble literally means not rising above the ground or lowly in spirit. So to, 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 it doesn't mean that you beat yourself and drag yourself down. You know, that you're always cutting yourself down or saying bad things about yourself. That's not what being humble is. But being humble means that you don't exalt yourself. You don't allow yourself to be lifted up in pride. And that's not hard for us to understand. People, uh, I I heard this phrase a lot at different times in my life, never from my mom. But I heard this this phrase a lot. My way or the highway. My way, the highway, or, or the highway people are the most filled with pride. If you are a my way or the highway person, you are so full of pride that you can't see yourself. And how do you know you're my way or the highway? Well, if somebody tries to correct you and you don't receive it, there you go. It's my way or the highway. If you don't like what somebody else, if somebody else calls you wrong when you're actually wrong, or won't even look at it, praise the Lord. My way or the highway. And that's what pride is. That's, the, that, that's pride, lifting up. Of course, pride can be other things as well, but those, those are just examples of it. But then it says in verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in the proper time. God's desire is to exalt you, but in the proper time. And he is, his desire is for you to have uh, 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 this, this true understanding. But why would, why would God's voice in your life, why would it matter that that comes over time? Why would, you would think that God would just want you to hear it like instantly, right? And there's a reason for that, because a a, a pride-filled person who will not submit to man's authority, even though the scripture says so, will not submit to God's authority. And when they won't submit to God's authority, they will receive anything that comes to them spiritually. And the devil is looking for such people to deceive. The devil will deceive people who are lifted up in pride, thinking that it's God, See, God wants it to be pure. Yeah. Because when it's God, it submits to the Word. When it's God, it always you can always point back to the Word and see the principles in the Word when it's God. Yeah. And then there's always good fruit at the end of it when it's God. But when you're, when you're, if you're fighting life and your life is just one, one fight to the next, you're not, you're not walking according to the Spirit. You're walking according to the flesh. God never intended the Christian life to be one trial to the next. In other words, you know what I'm saying by one trial to the next? It doesn't mean we're not going to have trials. We'll all have trials. We'll have more trials sometimes than those of the world. But what it means is is walking from like, oh, just dragging yourself from one trial to the next. I just got through this and now I'm on to something else. Jesus meant us to be invigorated in life, filled in life. That's why he gave us his spirit so we could be filled with his spirit. And then when, when, when trial comes upon us, that we would be able to overcome it. Now, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I am living one trial to the next. I know what it's like. I've been there, too. It takes work to get out. And you know what the work to get out of that is? Part of that is submission spiritually. Because until we learn to submit ourselves spiritually, we can't fully receive the things that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Why is that? Because God made it that way. It's not man's idea. It's not my idea. I would rather it's not that way. I, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Lord, can't you just deal with them? Yeah. You, like, listen, like, 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 honestly, just think about this. Think about this in context, right? Let's just think of this in rational human thought. Can we be rational for a minute? Yeah. <clears throat> how many times are you really blessed when somebody just comes and dumps all their garbage right in your lap? Yeah. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I have going on. Why isn't this right? Why isn't this right? Da-da-da-da-da, they just start dumping it on you. How many is, have ever walked away from a conversation like that and thought, man, I was refreshed? I, just, I I feel good, you know what I mean? Yeah, there, there is no such thing as that, right? There's no refreshing in that. Now, there is a truth that sometimes we have to hear the issue before we can answer the issue, you know, and, and I get that. But I would just as soon live dumb and happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I would just assume not know what somebody's issues are, or what somebody's husband or wife did, or what somebody's you know kids are doing, or whatever. I hear things sometimes, and I'm like, dear Jesus, if there was any way for me to not know that, I would go back and not know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, if you need help, obviously, I'm not saying that. Don't don't keep a secret. If you, my my wife's rebuking me from the seat. <laughs> from, no, absolutely. If you need help, that's what it's for. My point is is that nobody wants to hear that. Nobody is, is, is looking. And If you are, you, you probably have a show um, like a, a TV talk show or something like that, and you're getting paid a lot of money. Now, listen, if you want to give me millions of dollars, I'll listen to anything you want. You, listen, listen, if you make me, like, if, if I can have a house in several different cities and fly around as I want, you can tell me anything you want. I'll sit, listen. I'll even give you a there, there praise the Lord I'll I, I give you a, I mean I'll tell you what there, there ain't much I wouldn't do for a couple million dollars but I'm just a joke amen praise the Lord glory to God hallelujah uh, now I want to bring up a scripture to you that that, that correlates with this because all, all these scriptures are really important because God connected them together right I'm talking about the ones we just read in P- first Peter right Look at this, just write it down if you're taking notes, uh, but look at it up here. Hebrews 13:7 says, oh, you, I didn't give you guys this. Can you put that in there? They're going to they're going to pull off. I I just remembered. I had, this this came to me. This came to me as I was coming out of the shower. <laughs> Amen. And I had already sent the I had already sent the message to the to 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 the sound people. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Yeah, Hebrews 13:7. Look at what it says here. It says, "Remember those who led you who spoke the word of God to you." And considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. This is what the Lord kept dealing with me when, when, when I, was, uh, I was seeking him there. Is He kept dealing with me like, consider, uh, consider those who have gone before you. Consider those who are over you. Consider, this is what kept coming to me. Consider the outcome of their faith. Consider the leaders. Consider what they did. In other words, if you can look at somebody's life and say, yes, that's been changed. Then you can look at it and say that's been good, especially if it's someone you're connected to. Like, listen, I'm not going to counsel from somebody who I look at their life and say, well, it's more of a wreck it was today. Oh, you want a good one? Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. I ain't gonna use any names because nobody gets get gets get scared in here. But uh, there is this thing that I have ha- happened to notice a lot. Um, well, let's see how. I, I, it, let me say it like this. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Because you know, there, there's there's all kinds of there's all kinds of there's a lot of there's a lot of counseling in the world. Yeah. Now I, and I, one of the reasons I'm gonna be careful of this because we do have we do have Christian counselors in both of our churches. And so I'm not talking about you. So praise the Lord, we, we pat you on the back, you do a wonderful job for the Lord, and we love you for it. Amen. But there is a lot, but you probably surely know this. There is a lot of counseling in the world. Where the people that are counseling are more jacked up than the people they're counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Now I discovered that in life, and I I I have quite a few examples that I could share with you. I'm not going to, but I could share with you specifically, of people. And I'm like, they shouldn't be counseling anybody. Right. They shouldn't be giving anybody advice because their advice is completely terrible. They can't even they can't even advise themselves into a, a into a healthy afternoon, yeah. much less help somebody else fix major problems in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Amen? You know, if you're, if you're going to go get a lawyer, you don't want the worst lawyer. You don't want the one that just barely passed the bar exam. You want to go, well, who was that guy? Johnny, uh, you know, who was the guy who did the, the OJ trial? The, uh, Cochran. Yeah. Cochran. yeah, Johnny Cochran, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want Johnny Cochran. <laughs> I'm just saying the truth. Whatever you feel about that, whatever you feel about the outcome of that trial, I'm not, I'm not pinning nothing on OJ or, taking, or I'm not freeing him either. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying you want the one that he got because he obviously went for the one, the best one he could possibly find. Amen? Praise the Lord. You want the, Who's the one that Johnny Depp uh, and Amber Heard? You don't want her lawyers. You want his lawyers. Right? Who's that, that, that woman? She, she was awesome if you watch any of those clips, man. She scared me. I wasn't even part of the trial. You know what I mean? I mean, she just she just hammered it. That's what you want. You don't want you don't, you don't want you know you, you don't want to go down to no. I don't know if there's any lawyers in Ripley, so I'm not I'm not. But you don't want to go down to some fallen down building in Ripley. Found some lawyer there saying you know you know it's like uh, you know you don't want to go to Joe Bob's Wills and stuff and 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 get him to to represent you if you need serious help. You know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> glory to God! You want, uh, you want. But the same thing is with life. Yeah. When we, we're, we're approaching, you know, I only, used to always tell my kids this. So they, they, you know, because they, they had other family members that they had to go other places at holiday times. You remember that? Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> was like, that was real quick. You were on that? He was like, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I remember doing that and going to different. He would hear different stuff, and and I remember, and a lot of the stuff that you would hear in other places. I'm not saying where. Just saying, in other places, a lot of stuff that he would hear was always bad about me, and he would come back to me inevitably, and he would say to me, "Dad, this is what I heard." And finally, I had to start saying, "Well, like you got it." I started walking him down this as a young boy. I said, "You have to start asking yourself." I was like, "Ask yourself certain questions. Do you witness any of this kind of thing? Well, no. Do you see this kind of thing? Well, no. You know, do you see this stuff happening? No. You have to go where you know to go." And we, like you, and we told our, our, our kids early on, when people would try to rob their Christian faith, because there were people trying to rob their Christian faith from them. We'd say, listen, you don't go through the McDonald's drive-thru when you, when, you uh, uh, when, you, when you need diagnosed with something in your body. You know, if you're sick or something like that, you don't know, go to McDonald's and, and, and look at the, the teenager uh, behind the, the, the microphone there and say, hey, what do you think about this rash? You don't do that. Why do you do that? Because they're not an expert. They don't know anything. Amen. Praise the Lord! Well, I love those people. We have family members like this that they'll they'll, they'll go to they'll go to they'll, they'll go to the doctor. I remember one in particular. Somebody was sick. And they went to the doctor, and then the other family members are you know you get the the the, the uh, Google pirates. You know what I mean? They get on Google and they, they look everything up and now they know because they went on WebMD so they can diagnose your problem better than the one who, who, who had the education for 10, 12 years. You know what I mean? Like, like listen, when I, I'm not ashamed when I don't know something to go to one that I know knows. We have to recognize that. There's nothing wrong with that in life. In fact, it's stupid to not do that, right? And if you don't trust the one, then go find one you do trust. But that, that's what they would do. And they would they'd sit there and ask the doctor questions. Well, what about this? And the doctor's just like, I remember one day I went to my doctor with something, right? I, I mean, I was sure I had some. I convinced myself of it. And I'm not going to tell you what it was. But it was something. And I was convinced of it. And, and, and I said, Doc, can you look at this? Because this, this is probably pretty bad, you know, and, and all that stuff. And he, and he looks at it And, like, I mean, he didn't even give it a second he knows what it is. Why is that? Because he deals with this kind of stuff all the time. I don't know if he deals with that, but he knew obviously in a second. And so he was like, oh, no, this is this. So no big deal? No, no, no big deal at all right yeah. Praise the Lord. Glory yeah. to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. And you know, so there, there's people, it's the same. Man, I could go example after example, but you know what I'm talking about. When we're we're trying to walk things out, we have to understand that there's a process to things, that there's a process to getting there, and we shouldn't be frustrated by the process, but we do need to submit ourselves to the process. Amen? If we want to know God, there is a process to knowing him. God has determined to use man and woman on this earth in order to help people find him. He's determined that, and he's determined it because he wants us to partake of the things that he walks in yeah. he wants us to partake of it he didn't just want he could have just made us like the angels just just you just do this you're just bystanders you don't get to partake of it do you know angels don't get to partake of the salvation that we get to partake of they don't get to part they, they get to do or don't and if they don't they immediately get judged that's the way it is yeah, I'm so glad I don't immediately get judged every time I don't listen but at the same time that makes me want to listen more because I don't want to fall into that place of you've been given this wonderful grace and yet you don't do anything with it. Now, in the few minutes we have remaining, we're going to go to Jeremiah 17. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Just a few minutes left. But this is this is what we have to understand. Jeremiah 17. Verses 9 and 10. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. I'm going to explain that in a minute, but I want to go back first and, and look at this. The heart is more deceitful than all else. The unrenewed, you know, the heart, as it talks about here, is, is, is the, the same idea as, like, a lot of times what we see um, translated soul in the New Testament, which is literally the mind, will, and the emotions of people. That's what it's talking about. Doesn't mean that if you love somebody that your heart is just deceived, but your heart can be deceived. That feeling a love place can be deceived if your mind is off, yeah. and this is why it's so important. You know, so many people they're like, "Oh, I, how do you know if you marry the right person?" You can know if you're right, marrying the right person very easily if you understand scripture. Yeah. I mean, there's very few people that truly understand scripture and follow it g- that get into a marriage that doesn't work. Yeah. If you truly understand it, yeah. because it'll keep you from that. Amen. The heart is more deceitful than all. Oh, I know that's a pretty big statement, but it's the truth. The mind, the will, the emotions, uh, the inner uh, thoughts of a man is really what the heart, um, the, actually, this word uh, isn't actually even rightly translated heart at all. It's more like the uh, translated kidney is really what it is. But, but we don't talk about, you know, you don't, you don't ever see Cupid shooting an arrow through a kidney. Because that'd be painful. Well, sometimes the other one's painful too, but uh, but but you know that's it's just not right. I don't think about our kidneys, but the bowels, the innermost part of a person, and that's really where where where, what the transformation that needs to happen in people. You know, your body will will live and die, and it will be you know it will it will decay, it will do the things that bodies do. But your mind, your heart, and your emotions and your spirit are two different things, and they'll go on forever. But that's what this is talking about. The heart is, uh, is, is more deceitful than all else. The reason that the Bible directs us to renew our minds, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, anybody knows that scripture over there in Romans 12 too. the reason that the Bible directs us to that is because of this right here. Your heart, your natural way of thinking, your natural inclination is desperately sick The way the world thinks. You want to know why there's so many problems? It's worldly thinking. That's what we see. We see the exaltation of worldly thinking out there. What do we see? We see the removal of church, God principles. see the removal of that from society. The increase of worldly thinking, and look what happens. It's not hard to point to. It's real simple. You want to know why people are so uh, self-motivated? Because we're teaching them to be all about themselves. How do politicians win people over by telling them what they can give them, what they can get? We'll get all these people because we will do this for them. This is what we promise for you, right? I mean, listen. This goes all the way back to class presidents and you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going, we're going to have you know, we're going to have an extra hour of recess every day. We're going to have pop machines, free pop machines every Friday, and we're going to have this and that. We're going to do all these wonderful things, right? And we all know the truth. None of them ever come through with what they promised. Why? Because they're not the ones that they give it to us. They're blowing smoke. They're like, hey, if I get a few good things through and I get a bunch of people to vote for me, well, praise the Lord, then I'll be rich. So they don't say praise the Lord, but they'll say i will be rich. And that's the thing. You look at politicians. It's very easy to look at what's happening in the world. All these politicians, they go into politics poor and they come out incredibly rich. And they all, none of them makes that great of a salary Specifically, right? But they all go in poor. They all come out rich. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. We, I, I, and this is the truth. What is that? It's all self-motivated. So when you get people that leave the church and start following that, what are they? They're self-motivated people. They're people that want, oh, I want this for me, and I want to obtain this for me. What? I, I, God gave me so much revelation on why holidays can suck. You want to know what it is? Can I say that? I can't say that. Scratch that out. Caleb, edit that out later. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But have you ever known the suckiness of holidays? That part of it? That one's bad too? I can't say this? The part of holidays that are less enjoyable. Hey, listen. I didn't make me pastor. (laughs) Somebody else did. And I apologize deeply that they made me pastor. But that's what they did. And I try real hard. I've been trying really hard. not. You don't know how many times I've wanted to say that word and haven't said it. And then it just came out of my mouth. Twice. No, it was, it was. It was. You're supposed to be on my side. <laughs> Apparently, we got to have some more training this week, Josh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you know why? Because people, by and large, when they come together, come together self-motivated. They want what they want. The reason that somebody is mad at somebody else is because they wanted what they want. I can even use myself in this. I'll put myself at the head of that. I want a good spiritual conversation, right? Yeah. That's what I want when I get together with people. Sometimes I don't have it. What is that? Wanting what I want. Yeah. Now, there's a place where we can expect certain things, but you know the, the truth of the matter is, and this doesn't mean that we, we, we never can expect anything that we want. I got the turkey. <laughs> I got the turkey wing. I even took one. I took a leg home. I don't know who took the other wing, though. That bothers me. <laughs> Somebody else ate it? Who was it? Oh, it was Allison. <laughs> Where's Allison? She, she's in a nursery. It's okay, Allison. I love you still. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just tell her she's okay. She's. Uh, uh-uh. But uh, I thought you. I thought she was gonna go down another road, and I was just gonna have to get mad all over again here. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But, well, praise the Lord. But, uh, you know, the, uh, but, but, but yeah, I, I got something that I wanted. Praise the Lord. And, but, but people come to these things uh, a lot of times in the world and these, these things we do. And that's why they're so frustrating. They tend to be frustrating for us because people do things self motivated. They're not thinking uh, about other people. And we can't do church that way. If we come together doing church that way, if we're like, we're going to come in here and I'm here for what I want to get and I'm here for what I want to get and I'm here for me and you're like, listen, again, if you're, if you're here, and you're newer, and you're like, I, I'm here because I need to be here. Well, praise the Lord that you come. But eventually, you're going you're gonna to see that it's more than just about you. Amen? And, and that's the wonderful thing about this. That's why you can't just be a good Christian doing your own thing. It doesn't exist. There is no such thing as a Christian that is doing their own thing that is a good Christian. They're a terrible Christian. They're a terrible Christian. Why? Because Christianity is not about the individual. It's about the body. It's about what God did for everybody. It's about how God loves each and every one of us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen? Um, well, uh, I want to say this. I know that I've been, I'm over, and I've been doing that a lot lately, and I know it's been getting bad, but uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. If anybody has an issue with it, take it up with Steve. If you don't know who Steve is, he's the one who's taller than everybody else sitting down. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, yes, yes, yes. Jeremiah 10. I search the heart and test the minds, even to give each, uh, each man according to, uh, to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. You know, I always saw this. I always thought that this was like, yeah, see, God will give each person uh, according to what they've done. But God actually will do much more for us than what any of us will do. But I believe really what this scripture is talking about is that, that what God, um, the path that God gives us has to do with what we need to be healed, what we need to walk out. And that's the thing that I want to connect this with is that, um, and this is what, one of the things that the Lord spoke to my heart, is that the path that you walk will have everything to do with the healing you need. And um, that word healing isn't necessarily just that if you're sick and you, you need to be, uh, you know, uh, you have a, have a certain sickness or a disease that needs to be healed. But the path that you walk, the healing for your heart to stop being desperately sick. What are the things that God has to work in you and work out of you? What are the things that God wants to transform your life with? What are the things that God needs to get into you so you can receive from him? So you're not just being a dog or swine, but you're being somebody who won't just trample over these precious things, these precious nuggets that he wants to share with you in the nighttime. You know, what is the process? And that's what the process is all about. The process is this process of the Lord doling out what each person needs. Because God is looking at our life. Sometimes you'll say, well, why, why would that Christian? I, I've met Christians that are loaded, that are rich, that never did anything to earn it. And some people say, well, look, the you, you know, a, a faithful man will, blessing, uh, will abound in blessings. I've seen that before, and I thought, man... I'm like, why are they so blessed, Lord? Those people don't serve you like I do. And I've been righteous in saying that, Mean, meaning like they really don't serve them, but yet they seem to be blessed. And it's not that God is just doling out blessings for them. That's not what he's talking about. God will give us things that we need in each of our lives according to the lives that we have, the, both in the ways that we've been raised, the things that we've been accustomed to and the cultures that we've been raised in and the countries we've been, God will, he will kind of, the plans that he makes for us will entail all of those things and will take all those things into consideration and the things that he wants to work in you take into consideration the path that you walked and when you understand that it makes it the path you walk further a little bit clearer it makes it a little bit easier to deal with because you're like wait a minute you know i've had some things happen to me even in in recent times real recent times some some things come to me that if they had come to me even years ago would have rocked my world would have destroyed me i would have sent me and, and i just see like i see the blessing of the lord all the way through it I see what God is, is doing in my life. And I'm like, God, if this had come at a different time, it would have destroyed me. But look at how, because, and the reason that it's, it, that it's working for me now is because of the things that I've learned from him. The things that God has shown me about my own life. And then he's revealed to me, look, I was dealing with you here or there. And I was dealing with you here on this and that, there on that. I was giving you all these things ahead of time. Praise the Lord. And then when this, came, this thing came, you were ready for it. You were ready to be blessed by it. Because you know this is the truth about God is that anything that tries to work against us if we trust him and we put our faith in him he allows it to work for us. Yeah. It works for us. It makes us better. Yeah. And when I say better it doesn't mean that going to make you look better. Praise the Lord. If you don't look good, that's hard. Some of us contend with that but not me. Just kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But there, you know there's, there, there's things out there you know there's, there, there's a lot of things that will come at us folks. But God is endeavoring us through the process to come to this place of knowing him yeah. in such a pure way that nothing can rob from us. Yeah. I don't know if it was for this service or another service, but uh, I remember the Lord speaking it to me in the last few days. That um, mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. How did it go? There's not, there's, basically, there's nothing that Satan can rob from us that God can increase us to or with. There's nothing that Satan can take from you. If you know you are in Christ, there's nothing that the devil can rob from you that that truly will be robbing. God will always increase it. He will always make it better. Always. It doesn't mean that, like, if the devil stole 10 bucks from you, you're going to get 20 bucks. That's not what it means. But God will always use it in such a way in your life to put you in a place of experiencing him, the fruits of the Spirit. Amen?